Another week is coming to an end. That means it's time for another edition of Top Rope Nation. My name's Ryan Drosty here tonight with Justin Joint for episode 241 of the program. Getting up there, Justin. (laughs) I think we were in the teens when you joined the show back in January of 2017. It's been a long run. It's getting better with age, just like fine wine. Just like you, Justin Joint. How are you doing tonight? Not too bad. Uh, A little shook with the all the technical problems we had before the show started, and Kyle's not even on the pod. I don't know what the hell's going on. Usually it's Kyle hollering and screaming in the background (laughs) because something's wrong on his end. But uh, yeah, no, we had a a few technical difficulties, Ron, about eight minutes late, so sorry if you've been waiting, but we're ready to go now. And yeah, Kyle's not with us this week. Uh, This is getting to be the busy time of the year for Kyle. March Madness is about to start. His uh, real-world job, sports handicapping, so... Uh, we're giving him the week off, and uh, you did you did hear from him last night a little bit. If you were on our stream, our AEW Dynamite watch along over on the Playback app. If you haven't been joining us, join the Facebook group. Link in the description. Was a lot of fun. Had a great group with us last night, including Frank Pettiani from Pro Wrestling Torch, who called into the show from thirty thousand feet in the air. Not piloting the plane in the cabin, (laughs) (laughs) but that was pretty crazy. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We talk about this Mm -hmm. every week. If you're not joining us for those watch-alongs for AEW, check it out. Patrons, by the way, they get a video recording of it that they can watch on demand now after the fact. Put that up last night as well. So just another incentive to join Patreon. But, uh, hey, Justin, you know, it's been an interesting week in the world of pro wrestling a lot going on in the world of Mm -hmm. sports and entertainment. I got to just say, you know, the Northern Iowa Panthers are champions of the Missouri Valley Conference. So all is right with the world as Arch Madness gets underway. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Got to get some Homer sports references in here for Iowa. But I mean, how's your week going overall? You're you're doing good then? Yeah, man, I'm I'm doing really good. No complaints over here. We're getting ready to watch the pay-per-view together Sunday night. This should be a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. In the weather here in Iowa has been great. Yeah, 60, it's going to be 60 degrees on Saturday, I saw. Unbelievable. So it should be a fun weekend. Hopefully everyone has a good weekend coming up. Got a lot of plans on your agenda to enjoy AEW Revolution. Uh, we're going to be talking about the full card tonight, previewing everything, giving you our predictions. We don't do a lot of preview shows anymore, but you know, since AEW only has a show every quarter, we always think it's worth previewing those, and we'll probably do a WrestleMania preview as well. But, you know, back when we used to preview every single pay-per-view, Justin, your predictions were almost always right on the money. You, I mean, if we would have scored it, Justin, I think you would have walked away with the best predictions overall. You'd have the highest winning percentage. So I'll be, I'll be interested to hear your takes on these matches tonight. Yeah, sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Well said. Guys, if you've never listened to Top Rope Nation before, welcome. We appreciate your support. Hit subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you if you leave us a written review, we'll read it on the air. Leave your Instagram or Twitter username. We'll send you a free sticker in the mail. I mentioned Patreon a second ago. 
Uh, Patreon is the number way, number one way to support Top Rope Nation. We're dropping bonus content over there all the time. Top Rope Nation Extra, Top Rope Nation Classics, a brand new one coming here at the end of the month. We just dropped one uh, the other week on Chi-Town Rumble 89, like two hours, a deep dive on that show. That was a lot of fun. So if you want to support the podcast, that is the best way to do so. You get that bonus content, multiple bonus shows every single week. And Justin, we're getting kind of close to our next goal, by the way. So I put it out there. When we get to 40 patrons, I'm releasing the audio of my 2002 interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Never heard before. Uh, It's about 45 minutes long. And uh, we're 33 patrons. So if seven more of you can sign up, even if you just do it for a month, I'll be able to release that thing over on Patreon. So, you know, help us help us hit that goal. The link is in the description here. And uh, we have had a few people join in recent weeks. I've shouted them out on various shows, you know, our bonus shows, I think over on Playback as well. I want to make sure I get those names here on the flagship pod in case I haven't. So I want to, first of all, shout out to Peter, who just rejoined. He had been a, a patron in the past. So Peter is back. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. Uh, Curtis, Jeff, Steve Shepard, all you have joined in the last week to week and a half. So thank you for your support. And anyone who joins, you can get your name called out on the podcast when you join. So check it out. Uh, speaking of check it out, Justin, did you see Pat McAfee interview Vince McMahon today? I did not. Um, I, I've seen a couple quotes that people have mentioned on Twitter, but uh, for the most part, it sounded like it was going to be a bit of a work for me to invest any time in (laughs) it was mostly um over an hour of pat mcafee smooching uh vince mcmahon it was uh, it was very softball questions for sure lots of compliments for vince i mean look pat works for wwe so you got to expect that a little bit there were some reports last night that it was going to be you know a legitimate interview so people i think got their hopes up that he would get Mm -hmm. some Real questions, not necessarily hard-hitting, but like thought-provoking questions. Uh, AEW was name-dropped at one point in the interview, but not, you know, Vince wasn't asked about AEW. Basically, Pat was saying, he was talking about competition and how competition can bring out the best in Vince, and it had in the past. And he talked about like New Japan, Impact, AEW. He just mentioned it in passing. He didn't, from what I saw, uh, he did not actually specifically shout out AEW. That, that was the only time I remember hearing AEW in the interview. Uh, I mean, Vince told some entertaining stories, stuff we've heard before, the story about Jim Ross uh, hearing some wrestling promoters talking about taking out a hit on Vince. That was a wild one. I think JR first told that story in a blog like 20 years ago. So I, I'd heard that before, but it was kind of funny to hear him tell that one. And uh, my biggest takeaway was Vince McMahon lifts weights at 1.30 a.m.? I mean, how does this happen? He, he told Pat McAfee he lifts weights nearly every day, 1.30 a.m. until 3 o'clock in the morning. Do you think he's getting up to do that, or he's staying up to do that, Justin? I think he's staying up to do that. He's he's probably <laughs> going to bed around 4, uh, you know, climbing up to the top of the his cave and sleeping upside <laughs> down and then until maybe uh, 5 and then back at it. Um, I had heard that somewhere else before, too, that he had very odd workout hours, which makes sense. I mean, if yeah. you ever listen to uh, 
something to wrestle with. You know, Bruce talks about and he, he keeps really weird hours. You know, you could hear from him at any time of the day, any time of night. Yeah, no, he has that reputation of being at good old Titan Towers until, yeah, well after midnight. So it makes sense that he'd go down to the gym then there at, at the headquarters in the lift. So, uh, yeah, of course, right before they went on the air, they were teasing that uh, Vince would make a massive announcement. And the massive big news announcement is that, as Alan said in our chat here, he's going to be inducting Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. I mean, okay, that was fine i didn't think wow. that qualified as massive news wah, but wah, wah. <laughs> whatever um there was the rumors that mcafee and vince would start their you know program for the rumored match at wrestlemania well uh vince did offer pat mcafee a match at wrestlemania and, and pat accepted and vince said that uh that we would get a good opponent for him in the weeks Man. ahead no no opponent decided what a hot WrestleMania angle that is. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan Huffman in the chat, he's figuring McAfee versus Austin Theory. Yeah, and some people were thinking Austin Theory would be there in the studio in Indianapolis. I mean, good on Vince for traveling to Indianapolis to record the show in person, I guess. I mean, they started a little late. Slight got in a little late, I guess. But uh, he was actually there in person, so that was cool. I figured when the delay was happening, because I had just turned it on, I didn't know he was flying in. I'm like... They're probably having technology problems. Vince can't figure out Zoom or something, you know. But he he came on late. Actually, at one point, McAfee like goes to wrap the interview, and Vince is like, "Yeah, keep firing away." And they kept asking questions for a long, long, long time after that. So, so from yeah. from what I saw, three things kind of stood out, uh, and I didn't listen, so I don't know if any of them are true. But one was that apparently at some point, Pat McAfee gave uh, McAfee gave Vince props for. Goldberg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is weird because Vince had nothing to do with Goldberg. Yeah. Um, at one point, Vince said, My wife at the time. Yes. <laughs> Poor Linda. <laughs> which which I mean, it's been rumored for quite a while that they are no longer together. So not all that shocking, but that I kind of seemed like a little bit of a slip there from old Vince. <laughs> yes. And yeah, then the other, it was yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was, and then the final thing was that uh, some people were uh, complimenting how well he came off just as a human being. Which, if you're getting complicated, or, you know, complimented for sounding like a human being, I, I kind of <laughs> says a lot about all the other times. <laughs> My God, Vince, he sounds human. He's not a muppet <laughs> after all. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, he, he sounded like fairly relatable. Like they talked about his upbringing and stuff, and how he lived in a trailer and. And all this and became a billionaire. I mean, again, it was like McAfee kissing his ass mostly yeah. for most, most of the interview. I don't know. You know, like he brought up the territorial thing and, and how Vince took it national. And they talked about the name change with WWF and stuff. And Vince was like, oh, I had no idea the, the panda even existed, which is like complete bullshit. He knew that yeah. WWF existed. They made the agreement with them back in the early 90s that they violated, which is why they had to change names. So uh, I, I don't think. And I'm not faulting him for it, but you know, I don't think Pat Mac, if he really knows a whole lot about the history of professional wrestling, <laughs> like when I inter when I listen to the interview, it doesn't come off like he knows the history that well, you know. But uh, no, that's him. So yeah, there was there was a couple cringeworthy spots, like he talked about Saudi Arabia, and he says to Vince, he's like, oh, do you, basically implying, do you think there's been any major changes made in Saudi Arabia due to WWE involvement? And then he said something along the lines of. 
Um, did you hear that they're big, uh, like the Saudi government or big wrestling fans? Is that why you met with them? And it's like, dude, <laughs> why do you think he met with them? It's all about the money, money. right? So come on, man. No, that's not why he met with them. But uh, they mentioned uh, Vince coming back from death. Uh, he mentioned the limo exploding and the fact mm. that uh, Vince was uh, the next week back on television. Luckily, they didn't go in depth as to why that was. Sounded like Vince dodged that one pretty quickly. Yeah. Summer of 2007, guys. Uh, Google it if you don't know what we're talking about. Had to ditch that angle pretty fast. So, yeah, it was... I don't know. It was like an okay watch. Nothing earth shattering or whatever. Vince doesn't do a lot of interviews anymore. So that made it significant for sure. Uh, what was significant, Justin, and we mm. reacted in real time to it mm. last night on playback. We all saw it live together was Tony Khan at the beginning of AEW Dynamite announcing that he and solely he, it's in his name, is acquiring or has acquired the rights to Ring of Honor Wrestling. Tony Khan has bought ROH. And, I mean, your initial, because most people weren't on playback watching live with us, so they don't know our thoughts. What, what was your initial rea reaction to that, and how are you feeling about it 24 hours later? I guess two main things is, number one, it's good for, you know, hopefully a streaming service down the line to get that uh, giant back catalog of Ring of Honor, especially... You know, the event that kind of set, you know, everything in motion, which was all in. Mm -hmm. um, so they got that, which I think is really important. I was kind of hoping it was going to be news about uh, HBO Max being their streaming service. But who knows? Maybe we'll get that down the line. Um, but yeah, followed by that, you know, being happy that they got this catalog. It's just some concern that it's going to be a distraction for Tony and what he's doing in AEW. You no, know, is he going to try and book that himself too? Um, you know, that'd be stretching himself pretty thin. Uh, when I think a lot of people probably think that already with you know elevation and dark. Um, it's going to be interesting how they use it. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the watch along that uh, I could see it being kind of a developmental, you know, they could almost use it as another territory where, you know, instead of like Miro just being off TV these past two, three months, you know, you send them to the other territory and ring of honor and let them kick some butt there. Yeah. What about you? I think for me, my initial reaction was that I was a little worried that this would be a distraction. You know, like we all want to see AEW continue to grow. They're doing a great job with that. I don't want them to spread themselves too thin. So that was mm -hmm. a worry for me. I was happy about the tape library thing. I mean, that's a, that's a massive get for them. I mean, not just because of the all-in footage that ROH owned. I mean, that kind of completes the AEW library. They got to have that show. I mean, that's the that's the roots of the company. But then all of those legendary matches going back to 2002 involving some of the biggest names in wrestling, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, of course, and Samoa Joe, if he comes in and Christopher Daniels and so on, you know, so Eddie Guerrero even. Uh, so that's huge. I think it'll help them sell their streaming service. I, I think, you know, there was the rumors about HBO Max. I think that that's potentially still coming. Uh, that makes all the sense in the world to me. And, um, I think, you know, having more footage at it, it's, it's all about footage and compiling more hours of footage. You know, that's why they have AEW dark and elevation. And, uh, now that you add in thousands and thousands of hours of ring of honor with all of those big names, it makes it even more attractive. Um, 
you know, what's interesting is that the purchase price on this, so I'm hearing a little over $30 million for Ring of Honor, <laughs> which is like 15 times as much as WCW sold for. But if you, I mean, it's a whole different ball game now with streaming libraries and everything. I mean, that drove the price up for sure. I know that there was talks about selling ROH a couple years ago for $30 million, which would be like a 50% stake in the company at the time. So that would have been even higher. But at that point, you know, they had a lot of people, a lot of talent under contract. So that would factor into the price uh, right now. I mean, they basically have nobody under contract. You know, when they seized operations in November, they had a few people under contract until March 1st, but now that is, has lapsed. So they're going to have to sign some people. It sounds like they're going to use it as a developmental territory for AEW. AEW will float down there once in a while. Still not clear on like the television situation. It's being reported that um, they're probably, you know, still going to go on with Supercard of Honor and then some TV tapings in Philadelphia right after that on April 10th. So they are, as for now, from what I'm hearing, they're moving forward with that. But I, I don't know what the television situation is. Um, someone in the chat here, let me throw this up on the screen. Yeah, Mr. Ryan Huffman, patron of the show. He said, do you guys think that ROH will be a landing spot for Cody? Or is it more likely he ends up in WWE? So Bodyslam.net has a report up today. And they've broken stories before in the past. Cassidy Haynes is, is a good dude. Who, uh, who's breaking the stories over there. He said that the, the Cody talks with WWE have kind of fizzled out and that there's some hope in AEW they can still draw him back, especially with the ROH news. And so, you know, I don't think it's completely out of the question that Cody could get involved with this project and maybe get his hands on, on running it. You know, who knows? I'm not saying that's a certainty, but it could be enticing for him to come back. I mean, the... They're not working people. The situation with Cody Rhodes and AEW and the falling apart there and not being able to come to a new deal, that was all legitimate. And WWE has interest, but they haven't been able to work out an agreement. And so now some people backstage at AEW are thinking they might still be able to draw Cody back. So it's not out of the question, Ryan, uh, for your comment in the chat. It could definitely happen. Yeah, Tim had mentioned that too. So, I mean, there's, there's rumors about that going around, but I do know that AEW has some hope that Cody could still return. And so this kind of changes the ball game a little bit. I mean, what would you think Justin about like some kind of invasion angle with ROH? No, because Tony owns it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that works in modern pro wrestling. I, I think we're all a little bit too wisened up and, uh, yeah, Tony's not going to, I don't know. It just, it just wouldn't make a lot of sense. And I don't, frankly, I don't think ring of honor has the, the star power or the depth to do any kind of invasion. Right. I mean, like they'd have to sign some new guys. It would have to be like this thing, like they're loyal to the brand, you know, mm -hmm. they're loyal to ROH knowing the, the ownership situation and stuff. So I don't know. I just, I, th I think you got to keep it kind of separate from AEW for at least quite a while and build it back up. Like I said, use it as developmental or where mm -hmm. you can send maybe some bigger names occasionally. Um, like I said earlier, use it like a territory, uh, I, I, it should be a quote unquote cure for the quote unquote bloated roster that AEW supposedly had has, which I don't totally believe. And, um, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how he uses it. Yeah. I mean, it's all about monetizing that tape library. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I mean like creatively, yeah, they can do some interesting things, but in the end, 
they're going to get paid. They're going to have a streaming. They're going to be on a streaming service. They're probably not going to have their own standalone one. Or if they do, it'll be for a minimal amount of time until they get purchased by somebody else. But I think Tony's playing the long game here. You know, he grew up, no doubt he grew up a Ring of Honor fan. He was a big Ring of Honor fan as a, uh, I guess he's about my age. So I guess he would have been a late teenager when they started. But he loved Ring of Honor. He went to the shows. And so, like, I know that he would have some personal interest in owning that footage, but also there's that business side that you can monetize all this footage and you're going to get paid. So $30 million, it's a big price tag, but what people are getting paid for streaming deals these days, I mean, he should make that back hand over fist, you would think. And so, yeah. uh, Tim in the chat <clears throat> mentioned, is this AEW's version of Raw versus SmackDown? And I, I, I mean... I honestly think that would be the long-term goal of this thing. I, as I said, you need to build it back up a little bit first, but down the road, yeah, definitely like a big AEW versus Spring of Honor uh, super show. I could definitely see being had, but as you mentioned, uh, it's all going to come down to you know that TV mm-hmm. and what happens with that. But you know, maybe that's what uh, Tony Khan's looking at is getting another really good TV deal. With, you know, yeah. if any executive see his, his name attached to it and what he's done with AEW, you know, he could get another pretty big check with a lot of zeros on it. Yeah. So, I mean, WWE, they were involved in discussions to buy Ring of Honor as recently as December. Uh, and those talks fizzled out. Triple H specifically was pushing for the sale of Ring of Honor to WWE back in 2018. Uh, at that time, WWE was in talks with several promotions. They were even interested in buying uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling back in 2018 and were sending out feelers on that. All that got nixed. Uh, reportedly, WWE was under the impression that this was going to be an HBO Max deal that Tony announced or the acquisition of a non-New Japan Japanese tape library. So WWE was pretty stunned by the news from everything I'm hearing over there, too. So, I mean, it was, it was surprising for some people. It doesn't mean the streaming thing is out. I think that's still coming eventually, and this just makes it even more likely, to be honest with you. So that's what's going on with Ring of Honor and Tony Khan. And now this Sunday, AEW Revolution, live from Orlando. Not going to be there, guys, unfortunately. The Top Rope Nation crew has been at the last two AEW pay-per-views. This is going to break the streak. We will be there in May in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing. So if you're going, let us know. Maybe we can do a meetup or something. But we're not going to be in Orlando. Justin and I will be in the comfort of my man cave watching it live Sunday night. We'll be doing a review Monday morning. We just firmed up those plans today. So if you want to watch live, we're not going to be able to stay up until 1 in the morning to do the Sunday night review. These shows usually go pretty late. Uh, But we're planning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. We're going to go live Monday morning and review the show. How jacked are you for this event, Justin? I'm pretty excited. I mean, this card overall, top to bottom, looks really damn good to me. Yeah, especially after the last two weeks of TV. I I am really, really amped for this show. Uh, Before the last two weeks, um, you know, I was kind of so-so, but... Jesus, t- uh, Tony Khan has really brought it home with this one, especially, you know, you think about uh, CM Punk and uh, MGF, MJF. It's, boy, what they did in the last two weeks is pretty incredible. Uh, I kind of wish that they had done the, the quote-unquote quote babyface turn with MJF maybe, you know, a couple weeks ago 
and let that one breathe a little bit more before just making them turn one week later. But, um, yeah, man, what, I mean, what are you most excited for here? Gotta be punk and MJF. I mean, what those guys did last night in just the last two weeks is incredible. I mean, nobody closes like this Tony Khan promotion because I mean, we talk weeks ago and we got revolution on the horizon and we're like, eh, we're not super excited for it. But then we were saying also at the same time, they get us jacked for these shows two weeks before the event. Like they really close strong and they did that again for this one. I mean, the highlights of what MJF and punk did last night with the blood, Justin, you called it in the live chat. The fact that they were wearing white, it was a tell where you were going to get the blood, you know, and holy crap, man, you're going to be seeing those highlights for years. Yep. I mean, that that has me jacked. I'm sure the main event with uh, Adam Cole and Hangman Page is going to be a really, really strong match. It's not like my most anticipated match on the card. It is main eventing, Tony said on the conference call the other day. So, I mean, I always think the main, the main event should be the world title. So, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. It's not my most anticipated match. But, I mean, it's a strong, strong card from top to bottom. Uh, some people are talking about, could this be the greatest pay-per-view of all time? I well i don't think it's gonna top it might but like those last two shows were both so good i mean all out just from a moment's perspective was to me my favorite pay-per-view of 2021 and then full gear i mean in ring wise mm-hmm. might have topped that one just from the the match perspective i don't know that this one's gonna get to that level but it's let me just say this. It's going to be a lot better than last year's revolution. It's going to go off the air. I'll make this prediction. It'll go off the air a little <laughs> bit better than last year's show. Oh, God, I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> you know, you know. looking at this card, the thing I really like about it is uh, how much diversity there is in just the different kind of matches we can mm. get here. You know, with the dog collar, obviously, that's going to be a brawl. Um, Moxley and Danielson, you know, they've, they've mentioned blood numerous times, so it's going to be... Uh, curious to see how they work that match. Jericho Kingston's going to be another brawl. I, I think uh, Hangman and Adam Cole, you know, should be kind of like that old school ring of honor, probably see a few finishers get kicked out of. And I mean, yeah, just top to bottom, we got the ladder match, a tornado six man, a uh, couple women's matches. It, it's real exciting. And frankly, there's only maybe two or three matches where I'm, uh, dead certain of who's going to come out the winner. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see much in the way of title changes. There's only one match that I foresee a title change possible in. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some of these other matches are kind of hard to call the winners on. So should we just go through it match by match? And talk? Yeah. All right. So we've got two matches confirmed for the kickoff show or the buy-in. Uh, I don't have any deep thoughts on these. I mean, we're going to see Hook which is great. Hook taking on QT Marshall. Uh, I don't think I'm, uh, I think I'm surprising anybody by predicting Hook will win there, Justin. Is this his first live wrestling match that he's had or will have? Because all the rest of them, I think, have been on uh, pre-taped rampages. Correct. He has not, he's not wrestled on Dynamite. So yeah. And so that'll be curious. But but, you know, obviously they're putting him in there with QT, I'm sure for that very reason that yeah, he's going to make sure. That. Yeah, exactly. Trainer. Um, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm not seeing a, a big upset in this one. I think it's going to be hook all the way. Yeah. Uh, Statlander and, and Layla Hirsch 
Uh, I got to go with Statlander here. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time deep diving on these matches. I think I'm going with Statlander on that one. I'm going to go you? Hirsch. Okay. I, I'm, I'm slowly becoming a big fan of Layla Hirsch and uh, might be a nice way to mix things up a little bit. I, I've said it on the show before, but uh, I've been pretty big fan of Statlander since she returned from injury. And so I'll, just based on that, I'm picking I guess her for the victory. Maybe if you're trying to build her back up, to maybe face Jade Cargill for the TBS championship a little bit down the road. Um, Cause Statlander, she was the one who wrestled Brit at full gear, correct? Or was that all? Out? That was uh Ty Conti. Oh, okay. Shit. I'm way yeah. off then. Yeah. Stat- so Statlander was at all in, right? Yeah. Live television so. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I could see, I could see them building her up in, in that role. I don't see Layla Hirsch in that role. I mean, it's not impossible, but yeah, I mean, these are the pre-show matches, so it's it's outside of that. I mean, it's hard to say that one could go either way. Hook certainly going to win. It, it was yeah. Statlander versus uh, Britt at All Out. Yeah, All Out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we got Ty Conti in a title match, two papers used in a row here. You know, she had that really cool entrance at Full Gear. And that was a great spot for her, which, you know, she came up short, but they're building her up like she is going to have a championship at some point. I think no doubt about it. It's not going to happen here. She's not going to beat Jade Cargill. I think that'd be a huge mistake to beat Jade while she has, you know, the undefeated streak going. That's got to be a big moment that you build up to. So she's not. That's why I was a little surprised that they put Conti in this role because she just had the pay-per-view match, you know, three months ago, I guess. But their last pay-per-view. And came up short, and she is a name that they're building up, so she's going to come up short again, a different women's title. But still, I mean, it's yeah, no it's, no chance she wins here. No, I agree with you. I I think her being in this match is uh, just comes down to a lack of other options because they're star power. Yeah, yeah, their their uh, women's division just isn't very deep right now. Until hopefully they bring in some more signings, and uh, uh, Conte will be okay. They you know she can take this loss, and you know they spend the rest of the year building her back up because I don't really, f- I, well, we'll get to it later. I, I don't foresee a lot of uh, title changes in the women's division for a while. Mm-hmm. So I would say this, if I'm looking up and down the card. Yeah, this is probably my least anticipated match on the show is the next one. And that's the tornado tag team match if I had to choose. And we've got some big names in there. No doubt about it. You got Darby Allen. You got Sammy. You got Sting on one side. Taking on Andrade and Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy. It's just that pairing with Andrade and Cassidy and Hardy is just not working for me. And so, I mean, this this is whatever. It's cool to see Darby out there. It's always cool to see Sting in action, like this bonus time on his career. Sammy's great. But, I mean, it's it'll be fine. Uh in the end, I mean, I guess I'll I'll go with Darby and Sammy and Sting, but this is definitely my least anticipated match on the show. Yeah, you got to assume it's going to be them that wins it. Uh, you could make an argument that Andrade could probably use a big win more than those guys, and mm-hmm. you could maybe play into maybe some tension between Darby and Sammy since they've been kind of fighting over the TNT championship. But at the time we're recording this, uh, they're still going to have a triple threat on rampage uh, for the TNT title. So, you know, both Darby and Sammy are in that Sammy, obviously. Uh, and then just two days later, they're going to be 
teaming up together. So I, it wouldn't cost those baby faces anything to lose just some random uh, six man tag match. But at the same time, it's just I don't think you do that with Sting yet. You don't you don't have a team with Sting on it lose. Right. Yeah. All right. So now we're getting into the real meat and potatoes of this show, Justin. Oh, boy. <laughs> Three-way tag team match for the AEW tag team titles. So you got the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, defending against Red Dragon, Fish and O'Reilly, and the Bucks, the Jacksons. I don't see a title change here. I see no reason to take the titles off of Jurassic Express. You know, they're really pushing Jungle Boy as one of the up-and-coming stars of this promotion. And when you look across the ring from them, They've got that natural feud with Red Dragon and the Bucks to go to. Uh, I mean, I guess he could make it a championship feud, but it doesn't really need a title, you know, because then where does that leave Jurassic Express? So I think Jurassic Express retains here. I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. This is going to be absolutely awesome. Yeah, I've uh, even more so than the Lucha, Lucha Bros tag title reign i've been kind of even more lukewarm about the jurassic express title reign they they need something to spice things up uh to really legitimize them as your champions um definitely feels too early to take it off of them uh like you said they're building a jungle jack up and you kind of already have the little built-in story you know with the red dragon and the young bucks you know I think they've already been alluding to a feud between them. So that's kind of a, an easy out, if you will, for the Jurassic Express to come out of this with the titles. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, you know, like when they do eventually drop the titles, and we've been talking about this a lot during the Dynamite watch-alongs, but I'd love to see the Acclaim be the ones to take them from them. Acclaim, well, they got to get a, a tag title run. You know, and I think that's why I'm so lukewarm on Jurassic Express, because... You know, we're, we're watching that uh, Battle Royal on Watch Along, and it's like every other tag team that came out, I was like, oh, shit, I'd like to see them with a title run. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. their tag title, or excuse me, their tag division is phenomenal and deep. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. Acclaimed uh, Top Flight is another one. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, they, they, they really need to bring those trios. How great was it to see Top Flight back together? fantastic yeah Amazing. i if if we had other teams in this match i'd be a little more likely to possibly go with a title change just because i agree with you jurassic express hasn't really connected for me but like we discussed with those other two teams in this match and they've got a built-in story there they don't need the tag titles mm -hmm. jurassic express they need to just keep them and, and go to a fresh team down the line so fingers crossed it's the acclaim i want to see them get a run they're hot right now man <laughs> so let's do it uh, all right, then we've got, moving down the card, Moxley and Brian Danielson. And yet again, holy shit, Justin Joint. <laughs> this is going to be a great freaking match. You've got the story going on of if these two are going to team up, you know, and, and help build up some younger guys afterwards, which I think would be a lot of fun to see. Honestly, I don't see how they don't do that because it's mm -hmm. so appealing to think about watching that. Um I, this one is really hard to pick for me. I think of all of the matches on this card, this is probably the hardest to predict, for me at least. Um, I think I got to go with Brian Danielson. I know Moxley just came back. 
you know, and everyone's sympathetic to what he's gone through and how great he came out of that, by the way. Guy looks fantastic. But Brian doesn't really have like that big stage victory yet since he's been in the promotion. You know, he's had the draws. Uh, I think if he gets the victory here, it makes Moxley like then going with him to help, you know, form this faction, bringing up some younger guys. It makes a little bit more sense, though. So I think I'm going to go with Brian Danielson. Yeah, I've been racking my brain today trying to figure out who winning makes more sense to continue the storyline of them starting their own dojo. And that's kind of where I'm leaning to is with Danielson. But, oh, man, I just. Yeah, the the real conundrum is that Moxley just came back and it'd just be weird to see him eat an L on a pay-per-view right, you know, right after he returns. But um, I think for the story, it, it needs to be Brian Danielson. And like you said, I didn't honestly, I didn't even really consider the fact that Brian hasn't had a, a real big win yet. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Danielson. Would you agree that this is the hardest one to pick on the show? I mean, for me, it is. Um, yeah, th- this in the ladder match. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I could see that one going like one of two ways for sure. We'll get to that one in a second. Before we do, uh, Jericho and Eddie Kingston. For me, now I don't know because I haven't like cross-checked the tour schedule, but like I know Fozzie's going on tour here pretty soon and they're playing shows like almost every single day throughout April. So I assume Jericho's going to miss some time. On top of that, man, it doesn't make any sense to have Kingston lose to him right now. I got to go with Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got with the story they're telling here where Kingston has, what does Jericho call it? Uh, achievement phobia or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I just, unless it was the start of a long feud, then maybe you would have Jericho. But yeah, if he's going to go out on tour and not be around for a while, just have Kingston beat the ever living crap out of him. Now, if this was the WWE, Justin. Eddie Kingston would surely lose this match. They tell you how much Eddie <laughs> Kingston sucks and then he'd lose the match, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's got to be Kingston for sure. And then we get to the face of the revolution ladder match. TNT championship shot on the line. We've got uh, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and either Christian Cage or Ethan Page in this match. Uh, as we record and to me when you look at this it's got to be keith lee or wardlow right well the problem is is do you i should say the question is do you think sammy's losing the title right away again after just losing it to cody and winning it back and um, or do you think he's going to have it for a little bit longer? Cause I, I just don't know. You can't have Keith Lee or Wardlow win this match and then not get the title. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I, you know, I almost kind of think like maybe a powerhouse Hobbs Starks, uh, even a Christian cage or Ethan page would, would be a pretty good option for somebody to go on and lose to Sammy. Uh, yeah, that, that's my conundrum is. Yeah. Are they already getting ready to take the TNT championship off of Sammy? 
and also you, you have like with with Keith Lee and, and kind of Wardlow is you have that baby face versus baby face dynamic if you're going to mm-hmm. do Sammy. That's a good point. I didn't really think of it from that perspective. But yeah, you can, I mean, multi-person ladder match, you can certainly protect these guys and loss. Like I was thinking of it like, you know, you got Keith Lee coming in. He's got all this hype. Do you want him to lose? But you can protect him. Yeah. Wardlow, I mean, he's on the rise. He feels like he would win. But like, I agree with you. If he wins, he's got to win the title. Yep. They could do that and then have that play into like some jealousy with MJF leading into that split. Even him having the type shot could, especially if MJF loses to Punk, you know, that could potentially build into the jealousy angle there too. Um, on the surface, surface, it seems like those are those are the two that make the most sense to win. But when you look at it indirectly, like you did, and then what happens next, that's part of the picture too. So that does make it a little bit more difficult. Um, I don't know. Like, do you do something where Christian Cage wins this but loses a tough match to Sammy, and maybe that fuels some jealousy towards Jurassic Express for holding titles while he? You know, lost yeah. all of his that he had before and couldn't win this one. It, it just it, that's the other problem is if it's not Keith Lee and it's not Wardlow, I think people are going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah. And like yeah, Christian, you know, he went with that battle royal to get the shot at Kenny before. So he's kind of already had that kind of a moment. Um, that was a battle royal, right? I think so. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going to I think I think I'm still going to go with Keith Lee or Wardlow and hmm, push come to shove. I think I think I'll go with Keith Lee. <sighs> it's tough, man. I'm the new yeah. face. I don't know. I just kind of went with the, the hype coming in. I see. I, I think I'm going to go Wardlow. I think that'd be a fun uh way to mix up whatever's coming with him and mjf uh it could naturally lead to a feud between those two depending on if mjf and punk are going to be done Mm -hmm. after their match on revolution so i'll go wardlow okay tough tough call should be a fun match though uh all right so the women's championship match I believe that this is the only match on the show where you might see the title change. Britt Baker defending against Thunder Rosa. Now, Rosa got the victory on Dynamite, and that's kind of been the thing is that Thunder Rosa has, you know, Britt's number. Britt's reign since winning the title last year at Double or Nothing, I mean, it's been... She's no doubt that, you know, like the biggest star in the women's division, but I feel like the rain is kind of on fumes here and they need to change mm-hmm. it up. So I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa here. I agree. Not, not only is the, the title rain kind of on fumes, but they need to build some other ladies up and putting that title on Thunder Rosa, I think is the right move. And, you know, like you said, big pay-per-view and to have no title changes would be a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that plays into the decision here, too, because tag titles aren't changing. Certainly, the TBS title isn't changing. The world title ain't changing, I don't think. So this, this to me, is this is the spot right here. And, and I mean, if the pass is any indication, they should have a really good match. Mm-hmm. You know, so, again, the card is strong. Every one of these matches pretty much is delivering. And then you get to the most anticipated match on the show, CM Punk and MJF. 
who Oof. over the last two weeks have made this the most must-see match in pro wrestling right now, was just absolutely awesome work. I mean, just the the storytelling that they've had with MJF two weeks ago doing the tear-filled promo with echoes of reality. I mean, everyone's probably seen the Facebook post going around where MJF you know, quit football or quit college and he wanted to be a pro wrestler. That's all legitimate. It played into the story. Famously, the picture of the two together, you know, uh, and then what they did this week where Punk is wondering is, is he a bad guy, you know, and he's trying to make amends with MJF and MJF double crosses him and MJF quotes from Punk's old promo in Ring of Honor, you know, Mm -hmm. like and the blood. I mean, this is just this is the kind of pro wrestling I love. This is pro wrestling to me. Everything about it. It's going to be an awesome match. We know that. Punk came up short against MJF in his hometown. You know, MJF used the ring to win. Cheap victory, but he's a heel. Punk laid down in Chicago for MJF. Um, Punk barely beat Wardlow. They did the old Survivor Series 95 finish, you know, with the uh, small package roll-up. So, for me, I think Punk gets the victory here. You know, he was left in his own blood on Monday night. I mean, just a puddle of blood all over his face. And the way that this is built up, I think he's going to get the victory because he's come up short in those other two matches that I referenced. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do a third match um, on television at some point after this to pop a rating as, you know, to kind of move the series to one direction, you know, the tiebreaker. What do you think, Justin? I think you nailed it. Um, I agree with you. If I'm choosing, I think I'm going punk. The only counter argument would be as if, after revolution if the next step if uh double or nothing would be hangman page versus mjf for the title mm-hmm. which you know even if he does lose to punk here they could still get there uh but he'd be looking a lot stronger with a win over punk here going to the next pay-per-view to become your next AEW champion but i i do think it is punk here uh and then you do i i don't, I don't know what these two what else these two could do for it for a third? It, I'm excited though. You know, that, we'll have to wait and see. That could be the number one contenders match. I mean, that's how yeah, they could build yeah, it up. Because perfect. I mean, these these two seem like the most clear cut next challengers for the world title mm-hmm. to me. And it's got to be one of them. Either one makes sense. If Punk wins here, they can have that third match be for the number one contendership. Their big shot at double or nothing. You go either way with that. That would be very hard to predict for me. Um. And yeah, I think that's how they'll play it actually. So yeah, we'll see. But I mean, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Absolutely. You know, they, boy, this thing's going to go long. What time does this show start? Seven central, I believe. Ooh, boy, it's going to go late. Like every, I I mean, it's going to be four hours at least. I don't know where you cut time in any of these (laughs) matches. I mean, they all kind of deserve to at least have 10 or so. This is why we are doing our review Monday morning, folks. (laughs) So if you're going to be at work and you can't watch us live, refresh those podcast feeds early afternoon Monday. We'll have the review up. It'll be all three of us. Kai will be on that show, too. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a late night. And I just I could not stay up till one o'clock podcasting. Plus, honestly, like I like to I know Kyle likes to do this, too, you know, just to have that that show ferment in your brain a little bit afterwards and, mm-hmm. and be able to think about it a little bit and not give your instant reaction sometimes is a good thing too. So 
Yeah, Monday morning we'll be doing that. And we're and we're just talking about the world title and who's going to be the next world championship contender. And that brings us to the the main event, Hangman Page defending against Adam Cole. You know, we were pretty vocal on the podcast when we were trying to decide who would potentially get the challenging spot here. I think right after Full Gear, I predicted MJF. Then later on, we talked about potentially Adam Cole. We weren't sold on Adam Cole, you know, especially after he uh, he took the pinfall at Full Gear. Um, but here he is. It's going to be an excellent match. I see zero chance Adam Cole wins the world title here. It would make no sense to take the title off a of Hangman here, I don't think. Justin. Yeah, not, it doesn't really feel like Adam Cole has the kind of steam behind him where you'd want to switch the titles right now. I think he used this to keep building Hangman Page. I know a lot of people feel like his reign has been a little lackluster. I would disagree. I think he's already had a bunch of classics. Uh, the storytelling might be a little lack lackluster. And mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was on the pod. I know we talked it about, we've talked about it on the watch along, but a lot of people don't think he like really feels like a world champ. And I have brought up, well, I don't think a lot of guys feel like a, a world champ, you know, they're during their first title reign. You look at Bret Hart and, Shawn Michaels as being two major ones. Obviously, Shawn Michaels had the big win at a WrestleMania, but uh, it, it's normally like once you get into that second reign is when guys really start feeling like a world champ, un- unless you're a phenom, like, you know, a rock or an Austin. Uh, mm-hmm. but those don't come around very often. Yeah, no, great point. I agree. I think he's had excellent matches. Uh, he hasn't had... Yeah, like the storytelling, like and the way he's been booked on the shows has been a, a little lackluster. Like he, he'll come out for a promo and get interrupted, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they could do better by Hangman, but you know they have a they chance to do that still. They, all of the world champions in this promotion have been champions for a long time, and so I don't think that they're going to take it off of him. You know, in his first pay per view defense here. So, yeah, I I and would they, bet heavily on him here. Yeah, they, then they just have such better options for who could be the next uh, world title holder. Right. Just Adam Cole isn't that, at least not right now. No, he he will be AEW champion, most likely, at some point, but it's, it, it ain't going to be in uh, March of 2022, I don't think. <laughs> so, <laughs> double or nothing, though. I mean, that's going to be interesting. We'll be there. It's going to be a, a great weekend, and we'll see who Hangman is defending against next time out, but Super pumped for the show. You guys mm-hmm. let us know your thoughts on the show during it. I'm, we're we're going to have a live thread in the Facebook group. So join the group if you're not already in it. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. We'll be active on the Twitter feeds as well. We'll have the post show on Monday. It's going to be a big weekend. And uh, we hope you all enjoy it. Uh, Justin, any closing comments? Uh, just so thankful we have AEW. Seriously. So thankful. Thank you, Tony. Yes. Thank you, Tony Khan. Um, Oh, by the way, I was going to throw this out just talking about the matches, but, you know, we talked about his name came up, Kenny Omega. He had a great interview over with the Mm. Wrestling Observer, and uh, he didn't know when he would be back, but it sounds like based on, like, the the procedures he had happening, I mean, an appearance, not a match most likely, but, like, maybe an appearance at Double or Nothing could possibly happen. Um, but it, he, the way he talked in the interview, like he has these procedures that need to get done, and then he would it would be like eight to 
think he said eight to 12 weeks or something after that point. So by summer, we could be getting close, you know, if he was able to get the procedures done, but we don't know. So potentially we'll see him on the next pay-per-view, maybe in a run-in capacity. Definitely miss seeing Kenny Omega though, man. I hope that guy gets better because, uh, you know, I want to see him in the summer. Uh, speaking of run-ins, do we have any surprise appearances at Revolution? Or is this card pretty well stacked that you don't really need to? I just don't see anywhere. I mean, it could happen, but I just don't see anywhere. I don't see anywhere on the card where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing big anyways. What do you think? Obviously, I'm going to have my hopes for a Cesaro appearance at some point mm-hmm. in AW. That was like one of the main guys I've wanted to see with them. Um, but it just doesn't make sense looking at this card. This thing is just so stacked. And as we already said, every match basically deserves a decent amount of time. Um, so you don't really want to get lost in the shuffle of a pay-per-view if you're not a, a super name like Adam Cole or Brian Danielson debuting at All Out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Never know though. I mean, that's always that's always there on these AEW shows. They mm-hmm. always do, they always surprise you. Something big happens. So I'm sure, no matter what, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big night. People are gonna be on a high afterwards, and that's what I love about these pay per views. They're well worth the fifty dollars to me. No problem Amen. showing that out every every three Amen. months or so. By the way, right. by the way, yeah. by the way, sorry. The other thing that makes Hangman's win a lock isn't this his first pay per view title defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't, he doesn't lose that. Come on. No, no. Yeah, no. Not likely. Not very likely. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 241 of Top Rope Nation. We hope you enjoy the show. We hope you have a great weekend. And we will see you bright and early Monday morning. Take care. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses.